This is Dr. Randall Betts from Shriners Hospital in Philadelphia. You are listening to the first national radio channel created specifically for medical professionals, ReachMD XM 157. Thank you for joining ReachMD XM 157 for this month's special series, Spotlight on Neurology and Psychiatry. There's a quick way for general physicians to screen for the earliest stages of Alzheimer's. Is this something we should be doing in our offices? Welcome to a special segment on neurological health on the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill. Joining me today, Dr. David Wright, an assistant professor in the Department of Emergency Medicine and co-director of the Emergency Medicine Research Center at Emory University. He also directs the Brain Injury Research Group at Emory University. He is an NIH-funded researcher and continues to conduct both basic and clinical research in the area of acute neurological injury. Dr. Wright, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. What is this new thing out there that helps us figure out if someone has Alzheimer's disease? Well, what we've developed is a portable, short, hands-free device for testing cognitive impairment. And the data that we have on it so far, we're pretty excited about about what we can do with this. What's it called? The device is called DETECT. It is an acronym for Display Enhanced Testing of cognitive impairment and TBI, traumatic brain injury. Okay. Have you been using this for a while? Well, we started initially about four and a half years ago. That was when the original concept was devised. Did you personally come up with it? I did. I'm one of the co-inventors, myself and my colleague, Michelle LaPlaca at Georgia Tech. I'm at Emory University. And we originally developed this device for sideline assessment of concussion. Some of my work is in concussion, traumatic brain injury, and sports injury. And we were trying to figure out a better way to measure concussion on the sidelines in the middle of play, and for example, football. Right. Instead of just saying, hey, can you read these fingers? Are you okay? Exactly. You know, who, what was your last play? Who's the president? Uh, which is clearly not, not good enough. How does Detect work? How did you get from the idea to the product? That must have been an interesting project. It continues to be an interesting project. And the way it sort of worked was my first soiree into engineering, to be honest with you. Dr. LaPlaca is a biomedical engineer. And we sat down and said, you know, how can we do this? And we said, well, you know, what is the current gold standard for testing concussion? And there's some debate in that, but essentially it is neurocognitive testing, looking at cognitive impairment. The classic way of doing that has been a 90-minute sort of pen and paper test that kind of requires an examiner, you need a quiet room, all of these things that were completely incompatible with the sidelines of a football game. So we took those and we said, okay, how can we solve this problem? These are our design parameters. And it was actually on a plane ride where I was using Bose noise reduction headphones that I had sort of a eureka moment, which is let's create an immersive platform so that we can take the testing room to the field. And that's where the concept for the hardware, which is essentially a helmet with a heads-up display that blocks out all external visual distractions and noise reduction headphones that eliminate a very large portion of, of sort of the external noise. So immersing the person within this world so now we've got a testing room that's quiet and that they can concentrate in. Pretty clever. Well, we were excited about it, and then we thought, okay, so now we've got to shorten these tests because 90 minutes will never get it in a game. So we went back to one of our, our local experts, Felicia Goldstein, who is at uh, Emory as well in neurology. She's a neuropsychologist, 
and we sat down with her and said, okay, what tests really measure traumatic brain injury? What's in the literature? What can we use? And what can we throw out? And most of our tests are based on 20, 30 years worth of data in cognitive impairment. And what we did was we took those most discriminating parts of these tests, kind of adapted them ourselves, of course, computerized them, and uh, made it so that you you could essentially answer these questions with a yes and no, right and left button, and put them within our platform. We got it short enough to about five to seven minutes, literally, which is say, three, four plays on the sidelines. And so if I was to see you running out to the middle of the field, you'd be strapping this helmet on somebody, and then there's a little computer attached to it or a laptop? Well, the uh, original prototype was using off-the-shelf computer and this sort of helmet that we have created. It would be used on the sideline just as, you know, the athletic trainer or, or someone on the team would be assessing a player, and uh, that's the original concept. I'll tell you, we've moved away from concussion somewhat fortuitously but because we ran into some trouble validating the software. And the reason was that there's only about five concussions that are recognized. Let's put it that way. There's probably more, but only about five that are recognized per team per season of play. So you can do the math. It would have taken us 10 years to validate the software, or we would need a 1,000 products. And we're academia. We don't have that kind of money. So we decided, we thought, well, what are we really testing? We're testing cognitive impairment. Let's look at this in known patients with known cognitive impairment. And Dr. Goldstein works at Wesley Woods, one of our famed Alzheimer clinics and cognitive impairment clinics. And so we did a pilot study of 20 patients with known cognitive impairment and 20 age match controls and actually were quite astounded at how well the device could pick up MCI. And that sort of led to a change in sort of philosophy because when we started looking at the MCI world, it became very apparent that this was a great need. There is no or very few ways to test MCI in the general clinic system. If you've just joined us, you're listening to a special segment on neurological health on the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Caskell. My guest today is Dr. David Wright from Emory University, and we're talking about a new exciting product called Detect. Dr. Wright, what kind of sensitivity, what kind of specificity does this test offer? I can't say for sure at this point. Our initial test showed that it was as good as the 90-minute test at picking up MCI, but that was in a small sample. It was a pilot study. We are currently 220 patients into a 400-patient study to answer that very question. Now, we have done a 100 interim analysis, 100 patient interim analysis, and the good news is that it seems to be as good as what we found in, in the pilot test, but we still have to look at the data at the end, of course, to be sure. So right now, if someone goes to their doctor and the doctor is concerned the patient may have Alzheimer's, really all we do is a mini mental status exam and a brain scan. If you're lucky, most patients don't get any of that, mm-hmm. and I tell you, we've looked through chart after chart in high-risk patients in a geriatric clinic, and probably 10 to 15% have a documented mini mental status exam or other cognitive assessment, which is really quite pitiful, to be honest with you. And I also think that the disease Alzheimer's is probably over-labeled, and people probably have some other sort of degenerative disease, but the doctor never thought of actually coming up with a differential. Right, and we see the detect device as a screening tool. We do not think that this is going to be able to 
determine an amnestic dementia necessarily from other types of dementia. What we want it to do is pick up the earliest signs of it so that then at that point the physician, the family practice or internist can refer that patient on to the further detailed testing. So that's sort of where we see this playing a role. All right, so you're not going to strap on the helmet and say, ah, you've got Pick's disease. I don't think so. That's not the intention. Okay. If you've just joined us, you're listening to a special segment on neurological health on the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Caskell. My guest today is Dr. David Wright from Emory University, and we're talking about a new exciting product called Detect. Is anyone besides you guys doing anything like this? I mean, can I get one of these for my office yet? There are a number of computerized neuropsychological testing devices, or not really a device, but for your laptop computer, for example. There are a few of those on the market currently, and they are reasonable. They're, again, based on the same paradigm of testing function, brain function. But none of them have sort of the brevity that we have in the immersive nature, which we think provides a true objective test and it's hands-free, so it, it works better, I would think, in a physician's office because the nurse can put it on, walk out, come back, and get the score. And so a lot of advantages, I think, to this. The second question is, it's still in research. We think that our goal is to begin to get it in a few local offices here in the fall so that we can see how it fits in the practice and, and make sure that you know it's not interruptive. And if we need to remodel something, we can remodel it. Obviously, Insurance doesn't pay for it because it's not FDA approved. Well, that's not true. Insurance pays for computerized cognitive testing. This fits into computerized cognitive testing. So theoretically, at least as it stands right now, there's a mechanism. If you do use this device and and do computerized cognitive testing on a patient, you can bill for that. You can bill for both the procedure. There's a CPT code. For the procedure, and there is a code for billing for physician oversight. I believe it's about $50. I'm not really quite sure yet, but the good news is that there is already a mechanism for billing. What have you been doing when you've picked up people that are abnormal on this test? What Do you send them off to the neurologist? What typically is the next step? Our experience now is within the clinical trial. So they're all going to get the full gold standard testing as part of the study, which mm-hmm. we are comparing the detect device results with the uh, with the gold standard. And when do you anticipate your study ending? Probably early April, pretty soon. Well, that's exciting. We're very excited about it. Dr. Wright, what's the benefit of picking up a patient with MCI early? Because, you know, there's really no cure for it. There are treatments now that delay symptoms. They don't delay the progress of Alzheimer's disease or the dementia, but they certainly improve symptoms. Some data shows that they improve it up to three years. So the earlier you can screen and pick up MCI, the earlier you could get on some of these drugs, Aricept, for example, and there's a number of others on the market. You could provide independence for that patient for much longer than what they might have had. Well, Dr. David Wright, thank you very much for coming on the show today. Thank you very much for having me. I wish you the best of luck, and I look forward to seeing Detect throughout the world. Thank you very much. You've been listening to a special segment on neurological health on the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157. To comment or listen to our full library of podcasts, please visit us at our website, reachmd.com. And if you register with a promo code radio, you'll receive six months free streaming over your computer for your home or office. Thank you for listening. Listen all month as ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals, 
features a special series, Spotlight on Neurology and Psychiatry. You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Here is a sample of the great shows airing this week. This is Dr. Bill Rutenberg. Join me this week with my guest, Dr. Jane Ness. We'll be discussing the special problems of children and families coping with pediatric multiple sclerosis. This is Dr. Leslie Lunt. Join me this week on the Clinician's Roundtable, where my guest will be Dr. Stephen Ellen. We will be discussing the reality and limitations of SSRIs. And this is Dr. Bruce Bloom. Join me and my guest, Dr. Denise Faustman from Harvard Medical School and the director of the Immunobiology Lab at Mass General Hospital as we talk about a potential cure for type 1 diabetes. Listen all month as ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals, features a special series, Spotlight on Neurology and Psychiatry. For our complete weekly guest and program guide, and to send us your comments, visit us at ReachMD.com.